Are the boys back in town yet? Uh, I, I'm here at the scene of the town, and I'm afraid to say that as of yet, live to, uh, live to our coverage, that the boys are, uh, uh, not yet back in town. Uh, back to you in the studio, Amber. Hello and welcome to the Downloadable Concept Podcast, broadcasting today live from Madame Nicker's House of Terrible, Terrible Things. Here on Level 4's Corvor Law Rapport, it's Jeb Wrench. Magnificent! An extraordinary xylophone! You're going to have to speak up, I can't hear you from Jabu Jabu's belly. And now from the Munchlax is not back, back tax hack shack, it's our special guest, Amber! Hi, it's me, Amber. I am a software developer with programming abilities and game abilities and novice artist. She's more talented mm. than either Depends of on what material you suck at Amber with from basically. <laughs> Please, we're we're in journalism, what are we here for? So yeah. Um just a heads up, the listener, uh Fox, our third who is a stack of three herself is currently off in the park apparently chasing around other people who are chasing pokemon there, there are no munchlaks in pokemon go right yeah it's just originally like 150 okay so she's not she's not three chasing other munchlaks yet yeah not yet no i think she's mostly spending her time chasing people away from her friends <laughs> did she bring a stick so, so hmm this is going smoothly. Hey, Jeb, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> or last week? Or any weeks? Or really, what 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 does playing mean to you? <laughs> what are you? games, really? When you think about it. Can you eat them? Can you eat a game? Can you play <laughs> you... food? What are we here for? That if is I, the reason. If I put the word ludic in a sentence, you're going to get really stroppy with me. <laughs> Is it games that, that 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 thing they talk about on the Weather Channel, Jeb? Well, yeah, they've been talking about Pokemon Go on the Weather Network. <laughs> oh, the Weather Network. It's not just a channel. See, in, Can- in Canada, it's the network. It's the network. In the U.S., it's the channel. It's the channel. Okay, okay. Apparently, apparently, there is a big collaborative spy effort in Canada mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to tell everyone what the weather is in Toronto. I um, mean. <laughs> You, you gotta have, it's like the future, like, there, there's like cybercrime and shit, so you gotta like, have your eyes on the cloud, and that's why you have the it weather turns network. Out why it's, turns out why it's raining. Uh, yes, as for video games that I have been playing, because I do sometimes play video games, except for this week when I haven't, um, <laughs> because I've been sick, uh, but until I got sick, I have been playing, uh, Tales of Zeris, 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 Zesty, Doritos. Uh, Tales of nice. Zesty Doritos, yeah. 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 T- Tales of Z- Zestiria, <laughs> which is a Tales of game. There's a lot of them. They've been around mm-hmm. forever. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a JRPG series from uh, Bando Namkai, and um, they're all just kind of the... Uh, but yes, there are a kajillion Tales of games. This is the most recent one, oh. besides the mobile one. Um, it's about... Uh, a guy who was raised with, like, 
spirits and ghosts instead of other humans. And then he has to go around the world and be the Jesus. That... Oh, wow. And oh, then wow. He other people who help him be the Jesus. And then I think he, I think where I'm at now, he's going to meet a girl who is also a Jesus. Okay. Girl Jesus. And Don't tell the, the Republicans about that. And uh, I can't, they, they keep trying, she keeps trying to kill, they keep trying to kill each other. Um, but she has a Jojo that she can summon. Wait, 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 what? She has a Jojo that she can summon. And, um, all I can, I can, like, summon right now is, uh, a little, like, little girl with, like, a pink parasol. Okay. And, and then I can, like, transform, like, magical girl fuse, except I'm playing as a boy. Uh, magical, like, fusion dance with the, the girl with the parasol. Okay. And I get two giant rock punching hands. Alright. <laughs> Tales of the Sinceristeria has a lot to unpack. That's, that's a very weird stand. I... There's, 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 there's a lot of JoJo in it, and there's a lot of fusion in it. <laughs> there's a core mechanic that is literally just fuse, fusing with your, your various summons. See, I have this problem where I don't play JRPGs very often, so Jeb comes in and says, Oh, yes, this is a, this is a JRPG, fairly typical, all your characters are made of butter, and uh, you have to fight an anthropomorphic shoe. And I just sit here nodding, going, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that sounds completely, yeah, that works. That's pretty yeah, normal for RPGs. I mean, you, you start from, like, what? Like, FF7, you literally fight a house with guns. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like that's... FF, and it's FF, like normal. Final Fantasy games have some really good, really good quote unquote enemy designs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just remember that one. I... I, I can't remember any like the other ones, but that was pretty silly. Suplexing a train. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy V, uh, my first Fiesta, I uh, had a 60 year old grandpa in hot pants have a dance battle with Tree. That's. <laughs> that, I don't know what to say to that. Final Fantasy V is an amazing game. JRPGs are fucking weird. Yeah. Um, and I say that as someone who got raised on Bible adventures. Oh JRPGs are fucking weird. I, I feel so bad. Like, I mean, I had some weird, like, fun jutainment games that I grew up on, but it was, like, cool stuff, like Putt Putt. Like, Putt-Putt is, like, a the living car games. that travels through time itself, and that was, like, a mind-blowing concept to, like, Amber of, like, eight years old. We we had a time-traveling, uh, this wasn't a game, but it was a time-traveling uh, audio play where they built a time machine, and the first kid was like, let's go back in time and see the dinosaurs, so he set the time machine to 16 million years in the past, and the time machine was like, but there wasn't any time back then. What? And they had to go back 8,000 years to see Noah building the ark. What? What? <laughs> they later went back in time to go to the founding of America to hear the white rap battle of the uh, founding fathers, this... who were all, of course, fundy Christians. Okay. Anyway. Uh, th- this is like religious fundamentalism meets drunk history. That that's what I'm hearing. Um, yeah, with with a certain um, Pat Boonish shitty covers of pop songs. 
style. But anyway, on the other hand, you did so, have those comics with the with the, with the one girl who was like literally Satan. Literally Satan. Yeah, she liked the smooch. Susie Selfwell. Right, Susie Selfwell. Yeah, the, the greatest, the greatest inspiration. Make Susie. Make I, I'm Susie sure there's a. Great, I'm absolutely sure somewhere in the world there is a burlesque performer who has on a form somewhere written Susie Selfwill and then it's scratched out with too obscure. Make Susie Selfwill great again. Oh my gosh, no. So, Amber, obviously you've been, you know, not on this yeah. podcast before, yeah. but hey, what what games have you been all playing right, lately? All right, um, so probably like biggest game played recently, Dark Souls 3. Got through that. I was really happy with that. Um, so it's if you, it's kind of hard not to have heard about Dark Souls three at this point. But it's pretty much. Oh, direct wait, we're going to talk about Dark Souls. Of... We're going to talk about Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much direct successor Dark Dark Souls one. Um, it does a lot of really nice things to like from my viewpoint to like finish out the series, and I. Like, 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 that can be something we can get into later. Um, other than that, I've been, like, playing Overwatch on the PS4 and wishing I had, like, a PC setup. Because... Wait, wait, you have Overwatch on PS4? Yeah. I have Overwatch on PS4. Whoa! What? <gasps> what? You're the only ones. We can go, like, enjoy being bad at aiming with one another. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I, well, no, I, I, you know, I, I play as myself so i'm playing soldier 76 that <laughs> battlefield ni- 1976 and um uh you know his ultimate is just aimbot so yeah true true soldier 76 aka call of daddy call of daddy <laughs> that's way better than mine one of the weird things about uh, playing Overwatch on the PS4 is that you like can't really communicate with your team. If you can, I think I turned that option off because I don't want to talk to people. But like, I- I've still gotten into games where we're all one character, and we've somehow like managed to do that. So like, I have just a screen cap of everyone being Soldier 76, and I've not put it on Twitter, but I want to put it on Twitter and be like, we're all dads now. Yeah, like that. Uh, an all Reaper game was the first time I played Reaper, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this. Oh, oh, oh I got one. Edge. I got one. <laughs> yeah, Night of the Living Dad. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> Dad space. <laughs> Dad space too. When there is no room on the deck, the dads will walk the earth. <laughs> When you're in space, Ahem, Dad sorry. can't hear you scream. <laughs> so, yes, oh, yes Overwatch, Overwatch and Dark Souls. Oh, yes, Battlefield Dad, Dad Company. So I've also been playing <laughs> the third one. Uh, I've been playing Bravely Second, which has been very interesting. It's It's like... So, like, Bravely Default and Bravely Second is like... Final Fantasy, like, trying to do, like, older JRPGs, like, bringing some of the stuff back in fashion. And, like, it's really good. Like the job like, system. Yeah, job system, stuff like that. Really good, like, battle system. Writing is just, oh my gosh. It's bad. 
I don't know how they looked over some of this stuff. Like, they, they like, named the demons, like, all the demons were, like, named Ball for some reason. And someone is, like, a demon hunter on their team. So they get to be named, their title is Ball Buster. Yes! about no fear i'm ball buster (laughs) it's just amber are you trying to kink shame bravely default i'm not judging i I, I can i can sell most people on bravely default i can can sell most people on bravely default um there's a class in bravely default i don't know about bravely second but in bravely default there's a class called banker and the, the, the guy that you have to beat up to, to get the job of banker, um, he has a huge top hat mm-hmm. and a cane with a, with a, with a gemerald on it. Yeah, and, I remember. And, and a big-ass Flava Flav clock. Because reasons. <laughs> I remember the Flava Flav clock. So I don't know this character, so my mental image is Rich Uncle Pennybags wearing a, a Flava Flav clock. <laughs> You're right. That's, that's pretty accurate. Magical. So, uh... Uh, and as for me, I have something of a secret, the listener. You've been living a lie. The past three episodes, which does actually capture a month, because we've been really sick lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing Dark Souls, mother- and not telling okay. you. Okay. <laughs> And not telling Jeb, and not telling many people at all, and keeping it hidden in my basement like it's shameful. Like it should be. <laughs> That's old school gaming right there. In the basement. <laughs> Getting good in the basement is my OK Cupid profile name. Damn it. Oh my god. Bring it back. This, this, the sound that the listener will not get in that is the sound of Jeb's chair clacking as he clearly leant forward with this finger raised going, Ooh, I got one. <laughs> I, got one. I got this one. I got- <laughs> but yes, I, I installed Dark Souls about three months ago when I was uh, doing the last of my last semester's uni work. Two months later after it finished I- downloading. Well, it did take a couple of weeks to download, which was kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. But uh, then I very quietly approached a very select number of people and asked for some help about what to do and how I was going. And then I wound up playing the game all the way through. And I figured I'd finish it before I had anything to say about it because it's quite possible that I wouldn't be able to trust what I what I came away with in chunks. Mm-hmm. And um, that, w- that was a really interesting experience. Um I feel kind of bad, like, if I could go back and shout to myself from the past. Like, the game is actually good. Like, the game is actually really fun. Like, don't don't let the way people talk about it turn you off. <laughs> so, I have a really weird, like, opinion of Dark Souls, like, from where I, like, started. Because I started playing Dark Souls when it was this, like, weird hipster game called Demon Souls. And, like... Ah. Like, it, it was, it's like the... the the audience that played it weren't like the the bros that you kind of like associate with it like now, but were like the weird like yeah. hipstery people that play like Shimigami Tensai games and were like, look at this game, it's like weird and like you fight yourself 
and there's this monk that summons you into your world into like your world to fight someone else with this weird hat and you're like whoa and, and that's like the expectation <laughs> you go in with one of the boss monsters can be replaced randomly by another oh, player. Yeah. That's, that's... It's such a it's such a wonderful mechanic. And like... that bo- and that bo- that particular boss is a reference to the King in Yellow, because why not? Yep. Mm-hmm. And like actually a reference to the King in Yellow, not just mentioning the name of the mm-hmm. thing. I'm still mad at you, True Detective. You fucking fucking. Th- I got in on <laughs> on Dark Souls from like that. From Demon Souls. When I, so when I started playing Dark Souls, I never expected it to like have the audience it did, and like I I kind of like I don't like one of the things that really bothers me about like the sort of like cultural reception, if you will, of Dark Souls is like this whole like get good mentality, where like one of the the things I like about Dark Souls is it's like. You, you can just lose sometimes, and it's not a big deal. Like, Dark Souls makes it so yeah. that, like, it's difficult, but that's, like, part of the game, and you're not supposed to feel bad about it. The the way I described it uh, when I was first getting to grips with it, and it's really tricky for me because I know there are people frustrated mm-hmm, with the game, mm-hmm. and the existing structure of how we talk about the game is one of skill. So there is already a pre-bias so when i say the game's not hard there are people who will hear that as me saying you aren't good yeah. enough and i want to i want to divorce from that for me difficulty is often about being able to make complicated decisions or commit to uh complex courses of action or possibly interpret data quickly mm-hmm. and dark souls is very much not that it's this very patient meditative yeah. repetitive kind of game and um that's what i think is really cool about it because like getting good about at dark souls is about learning how to play dark souls and um i feel like yeah. especially with like also- demon souls and dark souls it's like a slower pace so people have to get used to that they're, they're used to like running gunning and like swinging swords everywhere and that won't work for dark souls it's also um not just learning to play Dark Souls, it's learning to play Dark Souls the way that you are comfortable playing Dark Souls. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Also, like, in a lot of games, it's very easy to realize, I'm doing this wrong. Whereas in Dark Souls, there aren't as many wrong routes as you'd think. There are lots of things where the problem is just, you're not doing the thing you're trying to do well enough. Um, And the game is incredibly obtuse. It it is proactively indecipherable, mm-hmm. which means that for a lot of people who want any feedback at all that tells them, no, what you're trying isn't a bad idea, you just need to do it right, um, it can be really, really uh, discouraging. Like, um, I was told that you go through the game, you have to get a shield, you have to do these things to survive um, and avoid magic uh, on your first playthrough. And I picked a Pyromancer first and spent literally, I think I didn't use a shield until Sen's Fortress. And that was just to get past some snipers. Mm -hmm. Someone told you not to take magic? Nobody told you not to take the I win button? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was was told that the magic involves being able to find particular objects around the world at any given point in time. So... (laughs) 
so you should but avoid it because you know if you can't find those things, it's weak. <laughs> like yeah, like magic's not a bad way to start. Like I don't know who who told you that. Like it's it is true that like you have to find certain stuff, but magic is interesting in all the Souls games because like PV like player v enemy, um, it really changes the dynamic. Like. It's kind of cool that playing as a magic user is very different from playing as a melee user. And playing as a magic user, it's a lot more about, like, positioning and spacing, like, yourself away and, like, luring people out one by one. And that that can make the game a little bit easier, like, if if anything. Yeah. Um, the other thing I had to learn in the early stage of the game is how much of the game didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that... that you are presented with this giant pile of stats and information and bits of small details and you don't know which of them are important mm-hmm. and which of them are good and which of them are bad. And the game almost drowns you in this. And from what I've gathered, the correct response to that is to throw as much of it out as you can, mm-hmm. to just ignore yeah. it. Like, a weapon whose arc works well for the way you want to move around is more important than whether it has a A, B, or C on scaling. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially in PvE. Like, yeah. yeah. PvP, you're gonna say, well, I gotta get up to the S scaling. Yeah, um, honestly, that's probably one of the things that I feel like Dark Souls kind of does meh, is, like, I like that it has stats that are weird and, like, obtuse, but it, it does kind of just, like, slam you with information. Um, yeah. Like... Success being obtuse is cool. Like, the way too much, like, weapon information is kind of weird. I almost feel like that's an accessibility issue. Like, there are players who are detail-oriented, and and not just as a matter of of neuroatypicality, but just the way individuals process information. Some people uh, can be very results-driven, like... Alright, is this giving me the effect I want? Cool, I can ignore whether or not I'm doing it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Whereas there are players who approach it from a more holistic sense. They want to take in all the information and winnow that down to what they want it to be. And for those players, the game just chokes you straight out of the gates. Yeah. yeah. You kind of have to, like, mess around with a lot. Like, like honestly, like the best way to do it if you're going in blind is to like just get enough weapons in the beginning and then figure out which of those weapons has a moveset that's usable for you. Just start juggling. See, I got lucky in my first my I got lucky in my first Dark Souls playthrough because I got an early drop of a Baldur Side Sword. Ooh. So apparently I my weapon was decided for me. <laughs> the the the, the Baldur Side Sword, for those who are unfamiliar, is a a really a, a fairly quick weapon with really good scaling, uh low stat requirements. And it's got a really nice move set. It's just a extremely rare drop. Mm-hmm. I know people who have and spent hours trying to get one, and I've got one before I ever actually beat the gargoyles. Dang! And in my case, I picked up the halberd outside that church, mm-hmm. and I rode that halberd all oh, the yeah. way to Gwyn's corpse. Oh my god! <laughs> I really like the spears. Like I remember, like my first playthrough, I switched between the few different weapons 
And, like, one of the spears, you can actually hold your shield up and still, like, stab through it. And, mm-hmm. like... That's, that's cool. That's really solid for a player of the enemy. You can play pretty safely like, like that. Yeah. I I mean, I, I found that, that that experience of just learning to stop worrying about elements of the game... It, it very much is a game that wants you to put aside what you thought of as important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Death isn't important. Losing souls, even when you die isn't important Mm -hmm. even losing progress isn't important because it's actually surprisingly hard to permanently lose Mm -hmm. progress um and that that actually makes it in a weird way really approachable but the culture around Mm -hmm. it has made it so that the game comes across as incredibly hostile and the accessibility of just like to the information dump for example i feel that that's an accessibility issue i feel that uh same thing with the pause button Like, the pause button comes across as this sort of, like, oh, no, we're super hardcore in this gaming sphere. Well, there are parents. There are people who need to be able to stop playing the game. Mm -hmm. And and that is, to my mind, one of those things that kind of needs to be respected more. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, a really Uh, weird... Like, there's a lot of decisions that, like, Dark Souls and all the Souls games make that are just, like, honestly kind of odd. Um... Like, from my perspective on Demon Souls, it's like, okay, they do something, like, weird. Like, it, the point in Demon Souls was they were making, like, a weird game that was had quirks in it. But, like, going forward with, like, Dark Souls and, like, Dark Souls 2, 3, etc., it's like, those games are so much more in the public sphere that you can't really use that as an excuse anymore. Like, this is no longer some experimental yeah. project. Like, you have to think about this stuff. Though Dark Souls 2 certainly went a few odd directions. I, I didn't even... I've never played Dark Souls 2. Yeah. I, I played Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and Dark Souls 3. And I'm kind of happy mm, with I've that. Played the, I've played the seminal uh, from software classic Eternal Ring, uh, which is, of course, uh, bad. And... What? <laughs> uh, that's about as obscure as I can get from, from, from software games. Okay. Yeah, I, I, Dark Souls is my first. I figured I would start from the beginning and see what okay. I thought. Um, it's not King's because Field. it was this element. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not Demon's Souls yeah, either, Demon. but I had a copy of Dark Souls, so it was yeah, worth yeah. it. Yeah, You know, it's kind of funny, like, um, what? One of the things, like, just throw a quick thing, like, have you played Dark Souls 3? Me? Yeah, have. have you? Well, sorry? I have played Dark Souls 3. Yeah, like, I was just thinking about this, but with, like, weapons in Dark Souls 3, it seems like they did a lot better at making, like, nearly all of them viable to some degree. Except, oddly enough, for, like, some of the boss weapons. I haven't learned how to make weapons out of, like, the God Souls in Dark Souls 1. I'm running around on, in my new game plus with literally <laughs> doubles of all, of all these important boss souls looking at giant them going, blacksmith. Uh, I should do something with those, shouldn't I? Jeb, you say giant blacksmith, and I think, like, giant blacksmith daddy. <laughs> <laughs> See the no, dad. I say, gi- I say giant blacksmith, and since you've been playing Dark Souls 3, you know. You know. Oh. I'm not going to say what, but you know. Mm. And anyone who's played Dark Souls um. 3, you know. <laughs> By the way, um... One point I hit upon whilst uh, finishing up the ending of my first Dark Souls mm-hmm. run and wound up using, um, and this is a PC-only thing that you can do, 
and I'm considering whether or not I like try and like write a script for this and distribute it so people can use mm. it. But in Dark Souls, you can manually make backup saves. Well, uh, on the PC version, under your documents directory, there's a directory called NGBI. Under that, there is your Dark Souls save. So if you're at a point where you're happy with a character and you want to experiment or explore, you can copy paste or you can use that to set your own save spots or backup spots, mm-hmm. um, breaking the, the system of bonfires. I know there are people out there who are going to consider that to be cheating. Uh, I know speedrunners use this all the time to test out perfect segments and whatnot, but it's a thing that might make the game more accessible and less intimidating mm-hmm. if you know that there are because you still have to stop where you are, quit the game, and then make the game save manually, back up that save file, come back to the game and load again. So it's not an easy or fast process, mm-hmm. but it's an extra tool for people who may be feeling that the who may feel that the game is a bit too much for them to start with. Mm-hmm. No, honestly, I'm of the opinion that, like, if you can do something to make the game more accessible, like, go for it. Um, mm. Like, especially at, like, this point in time, when, like, Demon Souls and Dark Souls, like, first came out, there is, like, this entire argument of, well, like, everyone's learning together, so if it sucks, then, like, that's part of it. But, like, I don't really feel like now that argument's any meaningful anymore, so, like... I don't know, like, it's, if it's gonna stop yeah. you from enjoying it, like, you should do whatever you should do to, like, make it enjoyable to, for you. I, I, That's a very reasonable position. I still think there's, there's, like, no reason why there shouldn't be a way to play Dark Souls without any enemies. Yeah. Yeah, exploration-wise, it's goddamn beautiful. I know, I love it. That's... That's the thing that really blew me out about this game, um, because the, the things that when I went surface blush when I went looking for this game and I wanted to know about what was going on in this game two things no one ever bothered mentioning were the story and the scenery and oh my god this game is beautiful oh my gosh like I, I really love the story I love like like I uh, so I, I wish you had played Dark Souls 3 because like I could, that's the one <laughs> thing that's like most fresh in my mind but it just like does well, it does the subtle storytelling really well. Um, Dark Souls 3, like, has some pieces where, like, okay, you, like, fight a few enemies, and they have, like, some commonalities to it, to them. You, like, you pick up an item that was, like, oh, like, they've, like, this is something that was given to knights to make them more powerful, but would slowly corrupt them. And then you, like, put two and two together, and are like, oh, shit. That's why that was. <laughs> I I really do now want to play the other Souls games. Uh, I have I have in the back of my mind this, um, and this is at this point a hypothesis. I don't want to call it a theory because, and of course, as a as a media interpreter, I'm bringing my own biases to the mm-hmm. table. But upon observing Demon Souls and Dark Souls, a bit of Dark Souls Two and Bloodborne, I have come to the opinion that they could be seen as different forms of of mental stress where in demon souls it is delusion it is an unwillingness to accept a reality presented mm-hmm. to you and you have dark souls which is depression mm-hmm. where everything is always moving in these ever smaller cycles um you're, you're basically going down a downward spiral and 
even when you fight through something, your reward is to get back to where you were. Mm-hmm. So that 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 persisting a little longer as a as a metaphor for depression. Mm-hmm. And Dark Souls Two, by all observation, and I haven't engaged in it very deeply, seems to be about a game that very desperately wishes it could be Dark Souls One, <laughs> and just keeps trying to be something it isn't. So in that case, it would be obsession. And then I've watched a friend play a bit of Bloodborne, which I don't think I'll ever get to play because it's a PS4 game and PS4s are expensive here. Um, And it's a shame because Bloodborne is the one that looks like it's most like my jam. Um, But uh, Bloodborne is the game about how things that were terrible ideas looked like great ideas at the wrong moment. So it's basically the hypermanic phase of, of a mental stress. <laughs> and I found that a really interesting structure. Well, you know. No, no, I'm just like thinking like, and, and somebody's like hypermanic phase, they're like, you know what we could do? Like treat like all the world's problems. Eldritch blood. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to inject the blood of a god into yeah. my eyes. What a great idea. Che- don't, don't be a wuss. This will be, be awesome. awesome. Hold my beer. <laughs> Watch this. It starts off with the most famous words. It's stupid activity. Hey, y'all watch this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yo, Literally nothing this, uh, good. Eldritch blood. Put, put this video on YouTube once I'm done. Do it for the vine. <laughs> Do, Do it, it for, the vine. for the vine. Exactly. <laughs> Yarnum style, yo. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and that creates... Uh, and I mean, I might just be seeing something that's not there, and I don't know Dark Souls 3, so I don't know if this pattern continues, and that Dark Souls 3 has a distinct mood that differentiates it from the other ones. But it might be a thing. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say, now, like, Dark Souls 3 is interesting because uh, it does have, like... It, it wraps up things from Dark Souls 1 at least pretty well. Um, it, it, it takes things in a different direction without, like, spoiling it. Like, um, without spoiling the ending, like, it opens up possibilities. Hmm. And it, it That's also, good. That's um, good. well, now, again, this won't spoil anything for you. Um, there, there are things that, that Dark Souls 3 shows that go against commonly accepted theories in other Dark Souls games and I think that's a really important thing they did mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand that there's there are certain fan theories that were very persistent throughout Dark Souls 1 and 2 that were like the story goes out of its way to kibosh them uh, I won't necessarily say goes out of its way but there there are things that, that definitely oh no 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 that was not right no I'm, oh, I mean, I will go ahead and like say like this is not much of a spoiler because it's really obvious if you like even see someone play Dark Souls three. One thing that's interesting is that the hollowing mechanic is done differently in Dark Souls three. Like when you die, you don't really lose. You don't like become more hollow, which is a very interesting concept because that's like pretty much the premise for everything in Dark Souls one is that like you got to go do something because everyone's becoming mindless zombies and in dark souls 3 uh there there is like other reasons for you to do things but it's not because you're becoming a mindless zombie yeah, you just in, can't in, die in dark souls in dark souls 3 you aren't just an undead you are a super undead undead like you yeah are, you're like you're kind of already at zero are, isn't you it? are extra garbage like you are extra <laughs> useless extra garbage <laughs> 
You are double trash. <laughs> Stop talking about my friends, Jeb. And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of October 2011. Yes, we're breaking the pattern, because 2011 October is when Dark Souls came out. Never heard of it. And we want to... And since Amber is here to talk about Dark Souls, it seems only appropriate that we position the story there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, a quick reminder of what 2011 was like. The Uh, DS... The three... Sorry. The 3DS launched in February of that year. The PlayStation Vita launched in December of that year. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog turned 20. (laughs) Did Sonic finally get Relevant. a job? Well, when, when does that happen? <laughs> he didn't move out of the basement. When did Sonic move out of the basement? Um, Brown versus the Entertainment Merchants Association was pu- was um, ruled mm. in 2011, which is the Supreme Court ruling in the United States that declares video games as a protected form of free speech. Oh, yeah. And also, it was the year that the Tohoku earthquake in Japan cancelled and postponed a number of games and shut down video game service across the Japanese and Korean area. So, yeah, a lot of stuff happened. Also, and this is this is a very minor thing, because I don't know this company very well, but in December of 2011, a company called Artec Studios was disbanded, and Artec developed games for the ColecoVision, the Commodore 64, the Amiga, the Atari, Nabu Network, Genesis, PlayStation, PS2, da-da-da-da-da, and they shut down at the very end of December 2011. I don't know much of what they did, um, but they had the most amazingly, like, cartoon character company founders I've ever heard of. It was founded by a man named Rich Banks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with his with his flavor flavor clock. <laughs> with his with his best friend and part-time servant, Paul Butler. Part-time servant, like Apparently at some point Paul Butler well apparently Paul Butler did work for him as a as an odd jobs person I, at times. This, this sounds like out of a, something out of a D&D campaign. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It sounds it sounds like the secondary characters in a Richie Rich comic. <laughs> All right. So, what happened in <coughs> in October? Let's start with a top-down vehicle combat game by the developers of Just Cause. Uh, that was... Is that, um... I, I... This is the Microsoft Windows version of the game. It did come out on consoles before okay, this point. Okay, I, I think I've seen someone play it, um, but that's about it. Uh, uh, keep, the Steam I version of it has... Keep, it, the Steam version of it has Team Fortress uh, guys in it. No, the Steam, the Steam version of it has the... Uh, oh, no, you're right, it does have the Team Fortress characters, but it also has Gordon Freeman's buggy mm-hmm. from Half-Life 2. <laughs> and the Antlion. Remember the name of the goddamn game? It's called Renegade Ops. Okay. And the reason you can't remember it is because there are few names more generic. <laughs> I mean, Violence Fight is a more generic game name, but we've already gone over that, and it's a much older game. Alright. Ops is a pretty good game? Yeah, it's it's got an 81 on Metacritic, and it's had that for a long time, which indicates that like there hasn't been any particular point of not being good. Mm. Um, next up, we have a game for people who like platforms and boobs. It's a way forward game. Okay. Uh, it has... I, I've played this game. It has pirates and mermaids and nagas. Okay. It has uh, I'm into this. jam and shampoo as a as, as upgrades. Oh. It is a game which makes your hair more fabulous as you get more power. Shante! And your spells are... Act- yes, it's Shante, Risky's Revenge. Oh, dang, I haven't played this one. Yes. Uh, and honest to God, the way forward games are really nicely animated. Mm-hmm. I, I can understand someone not being wild about playing 
Shantae's Risky's Revenge. Uh, cause it, it is a very boobs game. <laughs> you you will not not notice the boobs. <laughs> they were never but, stop being boobs. Yeah, like the, there are background columns with boobs. All the major characters <laughs> have boobs, and and yeah, like if if that's a thing that bothers you, it will be all over the place in this game, and you shouldn't stress about it. But it's also a really fun game where you can turn into an elephant by belly dancing. Wait, is it? <laughs> yeah, you could be it. You could. Is that one in Risky's yeah. Revenge? And I thought Risky's Revenge. You got like. Uh... Oh no, you're right. You yes. Look, wrong magic again. spells. It's uh... a one shot game. Yes, Talon's I wrong. Played, and you can't transform into stuff. I was really disappointed. Yes. Uh, there are transformation spells which you can perform by a belly dance in Risky's Revenge, at least according to the okay. Wikipedia page and my play history. Um, this is this is the one where the last spell you get is mermaid form. Okay, okay, I don't know if I've actually played Risky's Revenge. Uh, it, it's the one where, where the pirate Risky Boots, which is a fantastic name Risky. for a pirate, uh, turns up and uh, steals a artifact from your adopted uncle, and your uncle's like, ah, no, don't worry about it, let it go, let it go, and you're like, no, I will quest an adventure! Oh, wait, I actually haven't played this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we have a tie-in game. Good. And tie-in games are always All wonderful. Right. Always great. This was released, this was developed by Blitz Game and released by THQ, designed for the Kinect and PlayStation Move. Good, good. It's based on a DreamWorks animation movie. Good. Wait, 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 what? Continue. Yeah. <coughs> Good. Uh, mm, uh, the, the, the page for this is in fact incredibly thin, but the plot of the game follows the storyline of the movie, uh, where you play a fugitive on the run from the law, looking to restore your lost honor. Uh, you learn that there is an outlaw couple who have the magic beans you've been looking for for most of your life that can lead you to a giant's castle holding golden goose eggs. And I, like, yeah, this gives itself away really quickly if I give wow. anyone's names. This game has voice acting by Billy Bob Thornton, Amy Sedaris, Salma Hayek, and Zach Galifianakis. Oh, and Antonio Banderas is the main character. This is the Puss and Boots Connect game. <laughs> Wait, does that mean that in order to play it, you have to, like, actually, like, be all sassy and dramatic? <laughs> I wish. You have to actually just, like, act out being a sassy kitten. That would be pretty sweet. That would be because amazing. Because I know a lot of people who would be down to act like a that, sassy that would kitten. Be, that would be pretty sweet. I know a lot of people who would basically be cheating at that game. <laughs> uh, so next I've up, we have won. a rhythm game, which on the cover of the game, it advertises it has the songs, Love Me, Shake Your Groove Thing, Something That I Want, Just The Way You Are, Whip my hair, despicable me, and hold still. Ah, dang. So, is it is it not the Star Wars Connect game? Nope, it's just Dance Kids 2. I don't expect anyone to guess it, I just wanted to let you know it exists. Okay. <laughs> you hate us, don't you? <laughs> this, this, hey, 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 Jeb, 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 yeah. it's got Crocodile Rock on it. <laughs> And Crocodile Rock is being covered Bye. with Nelly Furtado and Elton John. Oh, okay, I'm good with this. Like, yeah, yeah. And the next track, mm-hmm. the the next track on it is a lady called Nadia Gifford doing heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. Of course, of course it is. <laughs> this is the darkest timeline. Next up, next up, we have a PlayStation Portable augmented reality video game that that some people are saltily claiming was Pokemon Go before Pokemon Go, and no, it's not. 
Ingress. Is it Digimon Go? No, it's so a it's, it's a, a thing called it's a hmm? it's, Go it's, on, Jeff? it's 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 a Yokai Watch, right? Uh, no, no. Yeah, it's Yokai Watch. It's invisible. I've heard a lot about Yokai Watch. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> this is because you're friends with Jet Grind. Invisibles. Okay, I, I I need to look this up. I, I, is it about yeah. moles that are invisible? It, it's just a PSP game. No, no, no. It's 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 about you. You point your PlayStation Portable, uh, if you had one, um, at things, and it showed you know things on screen so this using is a, the camera as the background. So this is a game that has literally never been played. Uh, it's not a Vita game, so I can't say for sure. Yeah, but somehow, even <laughs> like fewer, it's a PSP. Even fewer people had PSPs, which is yeah. impressive because nobody has. Up a Vita. next, up next, because a DreamWorks tie-in product isn't isn't enough. We have a 2011 corporate cooperative action adventure game. And I love that corporate cooperative is a genre. Uh, <laughs> it features the ability to suit up as characters from franchises, including the full-length animated feature films, such as Aladdin, Zootopia, Monsters, Inc., Finding Dory, The Good Dinosaur, Pirates of the Caribbean, and The Muppet Show. So is this like the first, like, Disney Infinity or something? Sort of. It's called Disney Universe. It's basically Disney trying to do Little Big Planet. Oh. Oh yeah, I remember that. I really doubt. Yeah. I, I really, really doubt they had Zootopia. Uh, it does now. It still exists. The, the Wikipedia page. Yes, it's still getting updates. But isn't like Disney Infinity canceled? Yes. <laughs> Just imagine timeline. my rictus of angry grinning. This is the weird timeline. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, next up, we have a rhythm game on the Connect. Oh, finally, they're all very nice. generically named. Choke but child of Eden. I, I, I will no no. Uh, this one's this one is just very much a pure rhythm game, and it doesn't even have a framing device. But this has a customizable break it down mode, <laughs> which allows you to practice only specific moves in a routine in private, as opposed to in public where you're playing your connect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like I can imagine it's a party game where they're like, oh, if you want to do this, where you if you don't want to embarrass yourself in front of your friends. <laughs> Then don't turn your connect on. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring your connect out. I have never so here's a- used my connect with people over. Never. Oh my god. This sorry, no, this is amazing. I have to tell you about this now. So this game has characters and you level them up by dancing. <laughs> nice, nice. And the characters have names like Bodie, Amelia, Lil T, Tay, Angel, <laughs> Miss Aubrey, Moe, Glitch, Kareth. Jaren, Scythe 56 and Scythe 78, Dr. Tan, Marcos, Frenchie, Shinju, and Kichi. And that's, and you know, Steven. fine, but then you find out that they're all members of crews. But can you dance and turn into an elephant? No, but you could be a member of Riptide, <laughs> the sportiest crew, whose venue is a basketball court by the beach. Flash forward, and the four in that is a four, the sassy is. African sister duo. Oh. Lush Crew are the fancy crew, and both members are from the original game. High Def is a rap hip-hop crew. The Glitterati are the mysterious and sinister twin crew. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. Consisting of Gareth and Jared. The, the Glitterati. That <laughs> the Glitterati. I want to play that game. I want to play this now. Decipher is the Glitterati game. Yeah. This is like Decipher is Doctor Tan's evil robot dance crew from inside an airship. <laughs> it's like the, the Icon the Misfits from Gem. 
<laughs> the Icon Crew. This is what I'm this is, this is space, the Icon. This is Space Channel Five, but better <laughs> with a big budget. And then put on Ice, the Icon Crew. <laughs> the Icon Crew consists of Marcos and Frenchie. That's all they have to say. Uh, and of course, you know how those last two names, Shinju and Kichi, they're members of Ninja Crew. Ninja Crew. Oh my gosh. And they're. And it's called that because the ninja crew consists of ninjas. (laughs) Of course it is. Of course it is. (laughs) But, but... This this uh this thing features this thing features special extra remix versions of songs like The Club Can't Handle Me by Flo Rida featuring David Guetta. Oh no. And I like it, which is Enrique Gle- Enrique Iglesias featuring Pitbull. Oh no. Okay, let's, let's back backtrack to the ninjas. Like this is like totally Yes, the ju- the ninjas. <laughs> Yeah, this is what, what, what's what's the Overwatch ninja? I've, we have some Japanese names. Make them ninjas. Uh, totally their backstory. Uh, Genji and uh, Genji, Genji and, uh, and Hanzo. Hanzo. This is Genji and Hanzo's <laughs> backstory. <laughs> like, I mean, think about it. Like, wait, does Genji's, this make, like does this, ninja this, butt what, what, is so toned? Like, it makes sense. He, that he's a dancer. He's yeah. a dancer. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Then the glitterati would be like Eva <laughs> and and. Honestly, I'm saying it's Diva and Reaper. Diva and Reaper? Yeah. (laughs) Actually found... We found the prequel to Overwatch. We found the prequel to Overwatch. And it is called Dance Central 2. Oh, Dance Central was... was Look at... uh, Well, Dance Central was like a big title for the Kinect. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the (laughs) Well... And, and by the way, the soundtrack for this thing, as much as I want to make fun of the fact that they let Flowrider have multiple tracks, because they let Flowrider have multiple tracks. It was 2011, tracks. and somehow, some way, we allowed, as a society, we allowed Flowrider to become famous. This is our fault. It is not the fault of, but, of, of the Glitterati. Do not blame the Glitterati for this. But, it, but if you jump to the 90s and earlier section of this soundtrack, you have... Hot Stuff by Donna Summer, My Prerogative by Bobby Brown, The Breaks by Curtis Blow, Venus by Banana Rama, mm-hmm. Baby Got Back, the original by Sir Mix A Lot, Real Love by a lady named Mary J. Blige, I don't know that song, Sandstorm by Derude, The Humpty Dance, yes. This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan, and What Is Love by Hathaway. Of course, it was love. That's sure, not a bad selection of songs. Sure that the, the the dance routine for What Is Love by Hathaway is the Night at the Roxbury thing with the head bob. Oh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that is in the game. Nice. So. Can we talk about how, like... <laughs> well, it's considered a difficulty 5 out of 7. <laughs> Can we talk about how, like, the Glitterati, like... You know, like, the Share Zone has come out of nowhere? <laughs> the next big thing is definitely going to be the Glitterati. <laughs> and instead of, like, instead of, like, like the, 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 the heavy metal iconography and stuff, it's, 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 like, blingy. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 <laughs> it's, 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 like, like, J-pop J hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> so, next up... We have a game whose name is boilingly generic. Like, I don't think you'll remember this one, even if you played it. Uh, the game is set during the Fourth Crusade and stars two crusaders. The player controls Dens de Bear, a cursed <laughs> Templar. Nope, oh, the last who Templar. is searching for last his lost Templar. father to break the curse the, that he got on the crusade. The curse, okay, He's joined by crusade. a partner, the Spanish mercenary. <laughs> yeah, it's Cursed Crusade. <laughs> Uh, uh, Loading Ready Run. Which is about a crusader who is cursed. (laughs) Loading Ready Run actually LP'd that. 
Yeah. For like 15 minutes? The characters all have an ability called Curse. <laughs> Which they <laughs> think <laughs> blood For like 15 minutes, people <clears throat> were talking about that game. And I don't know why. Because nothing uh, it does have one weird thing about it. Well, what's weird about it? It was, it was published in Japan by Ubisoft. And by Atlas in North America. That's bizarre. That's kind of the exact opposite way I would expect that to go. Well, Atlas will publish anything. Well, yeah, but Atlas, if, if, you, if you're saying we're distributing this in Japan and North America, and we have Atlas and Ubisoft on board to do the distribution, <laughs> like, I would assume Atlas would do the Japanese side of that. Alright, so, next up, we have a tie-in game for actual, honest-to-God, real-world war crimes. Good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a connect game, so it's oh, meant to be approachable. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, They want it to be immersive. All right. Uh, and you play, um, you play a real member of a real-world, real private military corporation that does real terrible things and has had to change its name multiple times. It's like a Blackwater thing? And it is, in fact, Blackwater the video game. Why is there a Blackwater what? video game? Why, Why is there a Blackwater Connect video game? I, this is the weirdest timeline. Like, like it... Are you, like, too edgy for the Glitterami, whatever it is? The Glitterati? The Glitterati. And by the way, and by the way, given the Blackwater at the time were working in the real world theater of war in Afghanistan, they set this game in North Africa instead. Just no reason. So, moving, moving on. on. Battlefield 3 also came out. Moving on! <laughs> There's a Battlefield 3. <coughs> We have, yeah, apparently, uh, we have a Wii release of a game about a character who is shaped like a friend. I'm shaped like a friend. I'm Are you pink and chewy? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like, define definition chewy. <laughs> uh, this is the first traditional game in this franchise since 64. Well, since the N64. Kirby. I'm assuming it's a Kirby something or other. Yes, it's Kirby Return to Dreamland. Kirby's chewy? What? You know, look at him! Look at Kirby. Kirby is quite clearly made of bubblegum. Would you lick a Kirby? Would you eat a Kirby? Not on the first date. Yeah. Well, Kirby would eat me, so I don't see how it's... And we're back to the yep. war joke right at the start of the podcast. See, that? That's a throwback. And we have, we, have the, uh, we have the dissenters from the domain of Prince Fluff yelling from the side there. Sorry. <laughs> Alright, next up, we have a video game tie-in, spin-off of a mobile game. Good. Candy Crush? Uh, no, no, uh, it's a simpler game than Candy Crush, Crush, and it's for a tie-in for a movie, no, 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 it's a tie-in for a movie that we've already had a tie-in for. Okay. Wait, is this, uh, is this Puss in Boots again? (laughs) Yes, it is! Fruit Ninja Puss in Boots. Ninja Puss in Boots? Fruit Ninja. Fruit Ninja. What? I will say this. I like Fruit Ninja on the Kinect. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It is fun. Fruit Ninja is a fun little game. It is fun to play Fruit Ninja on the Kinect. I don't know why you need the cat. (laughs) Well, it's so you can unlock things like the cat's hat. Hashtag branding. Like, you know, you're like, I'm I'm cool. I'm cutting fruit. But like, what's my brand? Sassy cat. (laughs) I'm not the Glitterami. Like, I need some help here. 
<laughs> okay, I want to. I want to. I want a Fruit Ninja game with the Glitterati now. Yeah. Oh, the Glitterati. I, you know what? I could have done this. The Ninja Crew. Yeah. I just realized I could have done this entire thing just using Connect games because, of course, the Connect came out in 2011. So oh. there is just this wealth of awful names. But we next up. We have a downloadable cooperative first-person shooter video game that, broadly speaking, has positive, uh, views. Uh, you get to play a customizable character with a mask. Uh, Payday? Yes! Oh. Payday the Heist! Nice! Uh, I hear Payday mm-hmm. 2 is good. Yeah, uh, I, I've got some friends who played a lot of Payday 2. It is a bandwidth hog, so I can't really play it. It's a bit of a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have a game where you play a millionaire beating poor people. Uh, uh, what was that game about that Richie? Oh, no, that was a person. Never mind. <laughs> this is uh, 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 this is one of the Arkham games, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It's Batman Arkham City. <laughs> Because everything uh, that yes. Batman is at his core is a man who is dressed like a bat who is a millionaire beating up poor people. Yep, that'll solve the problems of the city. Next up, we have the accidental appearance of what wound up being a toy juggernaut. Like, this game was not given a big release because they were like, oh yeah, it'll sell a couple, it'll be fine. And it wound up making... Were the toys part of the game, or they just... The toys were part of the game, and it wound up exploding into basically inventing a genre. Yes, Skylanders! Oh. Apparently when Skylanders was first launched, there were serious conversations about, should we just launch in one store? Because, like, it's not going to sell that well. We can't convince kids to want to buy toys along with video games. Never. (laughs) Can we? (laughs) Next up, we have the high-def re-release of a game from 1997. In which you can play someone with an incredibly phallic sniper helmet. Or a dog wielding two Uzis. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Is this like, continue? I, I need more This hands. is a game called... What? Sounds like a... Okay. Sounds like okay. God Hand. No, but... Well, just, just, hold, just hold your gourd on that front. Uh, this is a game in which the name of it is an acronym. Uh, it was originally developed by BioWare and published by Interplay. And its original platforms were Dreamcast, Windows, and PlayStation 2. Uh, the game was deliberately kind of odd. It's MDK? MDK 2. Whoa. I don't remember what, what MD and K stand for. It's like Martha... Murder, something. death, kill. No, it's like Martha something and Kurt. <laughs> Maybe. It's like, uh, uh, the MDK is supposed to be murder, death, kill because of Robocop, but um, in that, it's like a character's name, or like the, the player character's name is like Martha something. Oh, uh, it, yeah, it, it's it's Max... Oh, this is saying that the characters are Ma- uh, Max Hawkins and Kurt. Okay. Well, I don't know, but... Oh, it's Dr. Hawkins. Right. There we go. Max is a dog. Max is a dog. With a pair of Uzis. And a cigar. Same. Next up, we have the Kinect game that came out from a publisher renowned for having a big reputation as doing weird, interesting, cool things. And they do kind of a middle-of-the-roady sort of... Well, it's it's fine. Uh, But this is a tie-in with a much-beloved children's franchise. Ah, yes. This is... Uh, I, I'm not going to immediately me. jump on this because I know what it is, but... I have no idea. If, if, I'm still kind of blown do, away. So, Amber, to just, do you, the Uzis. Do you want to describe it more, Talon? I want to see you This is a game where you can more. play... This is a game where you can play a big, fuzzy, almost puppet-like creature. Uh, Besides uh, Tim Schafer. Barney? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're in the right age range, kind of. Winnie the Pooh. Uh, this is a this is a Sesame, Sesame Street tie-in Whoa. game by Double Connect, Fine. By Double I... Fine, called Once Upon a Monster. Okay. 
So this game probably you, has significantly less dogs with Uzis. Do, fewer dogs with Uzis, but more chances to dance with Elmo. That That's pretty good. The gameplay is said to be like Loco Roco. <laughs> oh, good. I don't think it's going to be as hard as Loco Roco if you want this to hit your four to five year old demographic. I mean, it, it's got to be hard Sir! to keep up with Elmo. Like, uh, Elmo's got some yeah. pretty hot feet. <laughs> so now with uh, con- continuing our trend of why is there a tie-in for this... Why now? Why, God, why? We have a Kinect tie-in game. Alright. Uh, it's made by Majesco Entertainment. It was given a 1 out of 10 by Game Informer. Um, the Kinect has a hard time recognizing the required motions, and it's not even fun when it's working properly. (laughs) The game was given a 2 out of 10 by Official Xbox Magazine, citing it as, The career mode is a bore, the cartoon style is ugly, and the voice implementation is sloppy. It's ranked by GamesRadar as the 40th worst game ever made. And didn't Amber already guess this earlier in the... I don't think she did. Uh, I don't... Star Wars Connect? Star Wars Connect? Nope. No, no, no. It's worse than that. This is a game... This is a game where there is a achievement called Eat Your Vitamins. Another achievement called Say Your Prayers. What? Is this like Bible? Yes, what? indeed. What? Nope. What? <laughs> Jeb knows where we are. What? Jeb knows we... this country. What? What? <laughs> is it not Bible what? Man? It's, it's Hulk Hogan. It's not Bible Man. It's Hulk Hogan's main event, Fucking not hell. WWE presents or WCW presents or the American Gladiators presents. None of that. It is a Hulk Hogan explicitly just the branding of Hulk Hogan's oh, main event. <coughs> yeah, and uh, it has a very badly photoshopped Hulk Hogan on the cover, tearing a 3D object shirt apart. Oh my god! Oh my. This is 2011. I I can't believe it. I can't believe it's not butter. One of the worst. One of the worst games of all time. Considered one of the worst Connect games. Oh my god! <laughs> like, Why did this happen? Like, you gotta like wonder if they just like threw the interns a Connect and they're like, do whatever you want with it. <laughs> we'll do literally anything for money. Anything. Terry Bollea, yeah. Make Call a whole Hogan game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next up, and I am I am skimming now because we are deep in the territory of this rhythm game iteration. This rhythm game iteration. We're in uh, that country now. <laughs> we have a movie franchise tie-in game developed by WayForward and Gearbox okay. that was designed to be a Metroid Castlevania style game, an exploration platformer. Um, uh, that uses a classic movie franchise, and I do mean classic, um, with all the art done by a comic book artist named Chris Bacalor. Okay. Uh. Uh, it was kind of an interesting game in that you didn't have a life system as much as you had multiple characters, and when one of them died, another one would come onto the screen and be like, oh, I just caught up with you, and oh no, you're dead. Ooh, I don't know. And sometimes you would have, and sometimes you would have to fight your, uh, your, your recently killed version. Uh. You say you think you know this one, Amber? I don't know what this one is. Just Ghostbusters the game? No, it's Aliens Infestation. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I I played that game. I don't remember having to kill an earlier version of myself. It sounds like some sort of weird time paradox. Like, go kill your earlier version so that... That's like the core mechanic of Zombie U. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, we have a game that doesn't exist anymore. We have a video game that is a movie tie-in. That is technically a movie of a comic book franchise game. Uh, 
where the most notable thing is you can't buy it anymore. X-Men Legends? Be- no. The license expired. Hmm. Bye. It's also apparently a steaming pile of a game. Oh, good. <coughs> where you play multiple versions of one hero character with different outfits, one of which includes a sleeveless hoodie. Spider-Man? It is a Spider-Man Whoa. game! <coughs> Spider-Man Edge of Time, which was completely delisted from all digital storefronts on January 1st, 2014, when the Marvel license via Activision expired. Wow, take that, Spider-Man. Yep, I I love that a game about time travel and different versions of characters in comic books has been retconned. (laughs) Next up, we have the latest tech demo from... Strange mutant alien space brain John Carmack. Rage. Rage. Huh. <laughs> yep. Rage had a lot Just, of technical yeah. stuff behind it. Yep. Very impressive <laughs> technology. Yeah, Tech- yeah. Got to put an ending in. Yep. Not much of a game. Not much of an anything, really. Uh, but, you know, very impressive engine. Very impressive. Did you know it can render textures that you can't even see yet correctly? Because that's the kind of brain Car- Carmack has. Oh, <laughs> This sounds like if it can render sounds it, that no one can hear. Like, if you needed an engine, if you needed an engine to replicate, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's allowed to hear it, what happens? This is your engine. John Carmack will get you that engine <laughs> on a napkin I, on his flight. I think, yeah, for your iPhone. I, look, I think. I think after having watched, uh, I've been watching a lot of um, this most recent Awesome Games Done Quick speedrunning stuff, mm-hmm. and I think when you go back and you look at all the different Doom Engine games that existed, mm-hmm. like you did have Strife and Hexen, it, the Doom Engine was capable of doing a ton of stuff, and Carmack just didn't give a shit about programming anything but this super core, super tight little engine. And then they licensed it out to other people, and they was like, oh yeah, we can put like missions and inventories and, and dialogue in this game. And he's like, I don't care, give me money. Mm-hmm. Now, now he's gone next to up, space. Yeah, next up, we have the re-release of a game from 2007, which was considered a forgotten and lost classic. Uh, it's, it is definitely one of uh, those video games that's definitely a video game, and it, uh, it, it sure as shit it has some uncomfortable fucking stuff in it. Uh, the game was directed by Shinji Mikami. Okay. Um, he wanted to create an action game aimed at hardcore gamers with comic relief. So it has Shinji Mikami's sense of humor funneled through an incredibly hard video game engine. Jeb has mentioned it already today. God Hand. God oh, Hand. Because okay. God Hand is just really, really good at being God Hand. And really good. incredibly racist and creepy and... Yeah, anyway. Okay. Really good at being God Hand. I... I- I don't know what that really is, could have been so gone. I will accept it as it is. It's um go on, Jeff. It's out there. It's it's out there. Um this was before they became platinum, I think. This was, was Yeah. Okay. Cave? This was Clover Studios. Clover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, didn't uh, um Okay. So you know what what, what kind of outrageousness to expect What else did Clover do? Beautiful Joe? Uh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah. I was like wondering it was them yeah. or someone else that did uh, No More Heroes. No, they did Beautiful Joe, Okami, and God Handed. That's okay, all they okay. did before they came became platform and then when they they became, before they became platinum when they became platinum of course they went out to do Bayonetta and mm. and uh, Wonderful 101 and okay, yeah okay. Uh, but they're Vanquish. but to give you so so this is the kind of game where they do expect you to be able to do one combo that is the entire level kind of game and it, it's really really high challenge high difficulty mm. 
uh, long strings of combos, hypothetically mm-hmm. perfect play. It's apparently a speedrunner's dream. It's just also features, amongst other things, a boss monster that is a pair of incredibly gay guys in spangled yellow and pink pants jumping at you and attacking you with their butt. That's special. It's God Hand. Yes, it's it's God Hand. And we're moving on from God Hand. Yeah. <laughs> if you are uh, willing to next... accept God Hand for what it is, knowing that it has God Hand problems, <laughs> God Hand. you are yeah. probably going to have fun with God Hand. Okay. Yeah, yeah. God Hand is one of those games I hope someone takes as inspiration and makes a better game. <laughs> yeah. They did. They, yeah. They made, they made Bayonetta. They made Bayonetta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh... Next up, we have a game, and I thought this was another example of Shadowrun being in the retro gaming news, but it isn't. It's a game that has a similar name, and this game has one of the saddest notes in its history, which is, in 2013, it was ported to the BlackBerry 10 and Ouya. Oh, oh no. Shadow walk? <laughs> Shadow gun. Shadow gun. Oh. <laughs> wow. You want to talk generic. Shadow yeah. gun. Yeah. Yes. Reaper is looking at that and going, no. No, no. The protagonist of Shadowgun is a man named John Slade. John, good, good. <laughs> John Smith. Every level of every level of Shadowgun has hidden logos, which, when you found, <laughs> unlock pages in your Shadowpedia. <laughs> I hope it's as self-aware as it sounds. You are you are a corporate enforcer, gun for hire, known as a shadow gun. And your favorite weapon is your shadow gun. You wake up every morning with your shadow O's. <laughs> and by the way, this game has a 78% on game rankings. But nine reviews. Okay. So, take it for what you can, you know? It's probably the best game on the Ouya. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I thought the best game on the Ouya was Yoshi's Island because it can be emulated. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if the Ouya can emulate things well. So, so seriously, (laughs) I I got an Ouya at a garage sale. Like, I bought one. (laughs) I actually, like, made a game for the Ouya. I never published it. But it's, like, easy enough. And I have to say, nice. in reality, t- like Towerfall is a really good game for the Oya, but now it's not just for the Oya. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> I had some problems. Towerfall could have easily been the, the reason to get an Oya. But then they realized, that the, the developers of Towerfall realized that, wait, what if more people who actually Played games. had things to play games on... <laughs> Could buy a tower fall. Like maybe we could get more money. <laughs> Alright. And of course, Dark Souls, Dark Souls also came out in this month, October 2011. So all that stuff is five years old. Your shadow O's are just five years old. That's been the downloadable concept podcast for this week. Thank you very much for listening. That was Jeb. And I would like to take a moment to thank our guest Amber. Um if you have anything that you would like to uh plug or just say, hey, check this thing out. Please feel free. No, just like thank you for having me on. I would love to be on again if if you ever want to do this again sometime. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, in order to properly emulate the new game plus process, please restart the podcast now.
Do you ever get the feeling that we still now, a year and plus onward, are sitting around going, I'm podcasting! <laughs>